What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark. Mr. Sands spinning the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760. We are broadcasting live from the Hazel Scott Online Studios. All right, and this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, they're always hiring. Great company to work for. They do a lot of stuff for the city and surrounding community areas. For more details, you can go to the website at tigersanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Crop. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports-related that you want to bring to the airwaves that we're not discussing, feel free to do that. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments. And like always, we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me, you can do that on Twitter, at SportsGrind. Um, and also, if you want to stream the show live, you can go to the business page of SportsGrind Entertainment or my personal page and you can stream the show live and you can leave live comments and we'll read those uh, if they fit they're appropriate and they're according to the conversation we're speaking of and also don't forget if you miss any of the daily shows you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast every day and catch up on what you missed 1-800-707-9760 what's up mr clark Ready to rock and roll. Ready to go. All right, man. Mr. Sams? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Got a lot of stuff to start the week off with. Uh, coming off a weekend, of course, the uh, NBA playoffs are officially here. The whole start of them. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff to get to about the NBA uh, with the playoffs. We got game, uh, game twos resuming tonight. We'll take a look at those uh, lines, early lines on those as well, too. Really off to an exciting start. Definitely got some um, questions about the uh, series and some comments about each one of them. Um, also, and again, you know, um, through the course of this summer, uh, well, not in the summer yet, technically, but this course of this this early spring, um, we've been heavy, heavy content on uh, football. Uh, because of all the trades, and this hasn't been a year like no other in the off season, which we got NFL news too, but really has deteriorated, uh, deterred, I should say, is the word I'm looking for from a lot of Spurs talk. But you know, um, when I'm sitting back looking at these games, like I do every year about this time, and I've been doing this for the last seems like seems a lot longer, but I've been doing this really for the last four years. Um, it really gets me in the mind thought of thinking and comparing to what I'm seeing. Um, and the NBA compared to, you know, where we're at as an organization, especially since the youth movement has started uh, really in the last year or two. Um, and just have some questions because I think, you know, if because in this town, usually it's always been, you know, and it's never really been this early, but we've gotten used to it. But it used to be when the Spurs were eliminated, um, you know, the, the, the Spurs fan base down here really stopped paying attention and watching NBA. And, and a lot of uh, my colleagues and peers over the years, they stopped talking about it for the most part uh, anyway. But that's never been me on this show. And if anything, it gives me the opportunity to dive in more and really look at the lens and put a recap on where we're at in this organization compared to what you're seeing um, in the playoffs. And trust me, there's youth in the playoffs too. 
Go ask Minnesota. Okay. Well, I mean, probably the, the at that day the best guy on that court was twenty years old. But this is a, but there's a, the style of basketball that is being played, and the key players because I think what you do see now, you know, we went through and, and it's always been that way. But we've really gone through this era, and I'm not saying we're completely out of it. We're pretty much into that whole well. Let's get that big three. Let's go get, we got to win the title, go get that big three. And now I think you're starting to see it come back and you're starting to see teams on East and West that are really deep, that are deep, you know, all the way to 11. With a couple stars, you need superstars to win in the NBA. But teams' depth and role players are really shining early um, on East and West. So it just makes me... You know, look at and again, going to ask some questions of Spur fans. If you're paying attention, to really be honest with yourself and what you're seeing, and trying to really convince me in regards to whether you want to say how close they are in regards to being a playoff team, and who are they really going to be able to leapfrog? What, what's the evidence that we've seen when you really see what's on the horizon in the Western Conference? And I mean, in in the type of basketball that is being played, and there is defense is being played. There's defense being played. Uh, definitely got to get to that. So we got to get to some games. We got games through tonight. You know, Dallas, you know, Memphis, uh, really, excuse me, the Jazz, they go out and sneak out game one. No Luka. And it doesn't look like there's any Luka tonight. I know, um, it's one of those situations. The last game of the regular season against the Spurs, you know, if I remember, I mean, they were up by like 10 with about, I don't know, seven, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. You wonder, why he was in that game, you know, it's easy to play Monday Monday quarterback, but it really sucks not having Luka in there. I think this is still going to be a competitive series. And really, with that said, the pressure is at an all-time high for the Utah Jazz in this series. For Coach Snyder, um, you know, for Rudy Gobert's of the world, Donovan Mitchell, these this is like the, the stars are lining up, and this is one of those that you got. You cannot – find the way for the Mavericks to win this. This is lined up. To, there's a lot of pressure on Utah to take advantage of the situation. Um, and Dallas is not going to bring Luka back until he's 100%. And I've always had a philosophy that you don't risk one title run or one round for a young guy like that. Just for You don't risk the long-term health just for one playoff run. So there's a chance you might not see Luka at all in this first round, which would automatically probably lean to a quick exit by the Dallas Mavericks. But you definitely won't see tonight. Maybe he's back for game three. Uh, but that's just a bummer in regard. And, you know, Dallas was with Utah all the way to the end. I mean, they had a chance to win that game until the last probably two minutes of the game when they just gave up a, a run by Utah to close the game. What do you got, Nunes? Technically, the latest report is that he's just doubtful. So he's not officially mm. out. I know that you probably err on like you're saying, you err on the side of caution. You don't play him tonight, but there's still a chance that you would see him tonight, and therefore later in the series. He's not playing tonight. He's not playing tonight. Doubtful's not playing, especially in the Bay. They're they're not taking any chances because I believe that really, if it was going to be there, he'd probably been there for game one. There's not. I mean, this is this is Jason Kidd's first year. Um, I think this is going to put the onus on Luca to make sure he comes into shape next year. I mean, we've talked about this on this show. I do think that causes some of these. It could be contributing to some of these injuries. I mean, we saw it with Embiid until Embiid got serious to shed some weight and take his, you know, crafty, you know, better. Now look at him. He's an MVP. God's probably going to win the MVP. But you got NBA that's continue to roll on. We're definitely getting the Kyrie thing, Kyrie versus B-Town. 
you know, uh, Celtics, you know, they ink out a win. They hold on to save home court advantage, at least for one game, as they uh, get a last-second layup by uh, Jason Tatum, you know, that's really playing with a little bit more chip on his shoulder that you've seen uh, than Jason Tatum in the past, which is a good thing. You know, it's time for him that he's ready to kind of make that leap. You know, and Boston fans are going to be Boston fans. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is, man. Boston has a reputation. A lot of people know what that reputation is. I mean, part of that is true. You know, Kyrie Irving, I mean, there's to a certain extent, well, you know, depends on whether, you know, how much of this that you're supposed to take is professional. I mean, and he know, I mean, he's going to get fine, but I don't think Kyrie really cares. The other thing is that's just Boston because it's like, damn, how long? I mean, let it go already. I mean, it's been some few years, but make no mistake about it. I mean, by him acknowledging it and shooting a double bird like you were stuck in 1604 traffic, somebody just cut you off. Um, he's they're going to be lathered up even more. They're going to get more rowdier even in game two. And this is going to turn. I mean, we knew going in, at least I knew, most people knew that this was going to be probably one of the most, I mean, this is one of the most intriguing first rounds that you're normally going to get. I mean, if Kyrie is vaccinated, this is not a first round matchup. This is more Boston and, and Nets are going to be more of in the semifinals and maybe the Eastern Conference finals that both of them can get there. You know, uh, but this due to the fact of the seating situation, this has given us um, a not so normal two versus seven matchup. But it's going to be for must see TV going here on out. Um, and my thoughts about and you know, in this particular game, which we'll get to. But in this particular game, definitely Nash deserves some criticism. You know, Nash was another one of those coaches that skipped the line. He didn't have to sit on nobody's bench for a decade. Um, like a Patrick Ewan, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they, he didn't have to do that, which at the time I didn't really have that big of a problem with it because I looked at the situation with Steve Kerr, you know, with Steve Kerr, you know, you could say he's a unicorn, but Steve Kerr, he played, t- he, he spent time in the front office with the Suns, you know, I mean, you got to also look at, uh, the two coaches that Steve Kerr played for and Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. You look at Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni for the most part, and they defense looked like it most of the time. The, the, where he, where he was taught and their rebound, but he deserves some criticism for one, not calling that timeout. I understand you got Katie and Kyrie Irving. Get a timeout. Get a better shot right before the end. And number two, hey man, the rebounding is horrible. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be challenged in the rebound, rebounding side. You know, hey, you brought him in for a reason. He came back, retired, came back. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, towards the DMP. You know how I feel about Lamarcus Aldridge. But if you can't get boards, I mean, you could have went deeper in your rotation. Uh, but that's going to set up to be one of those must see TV, especially since Kyrie is injecting himself with the fans, and we know how Boston fans can be. So you got that going on. We've got some other matchups. We'll circle back and talk to talk about. Excuse me. NFL continues to roll on. You know, some teams are starting their off season programs today. Um, you know, we've got some free agency. What our free agency news? We've got some new contracts. I'm hearing it coming in. Denzel Ward just got paid as a corner, uh, you know, for Cleveland, which is a big pickup. I mean, well, not a pickup. He's been on there, but it's a good signing to lock him up. Now, to me, me personally, and I've had these conversations with Jones over and he knows, but it's fine and Danny, but the elephant in the room in there is Joe Woods. That's the elephant in the room. He's still in the building last time I checked. He, they didn't, they didn't boot him without Baker, but that brother's going to be public enemy number one. Cause I can tell you right now, that's the weak link on Cleveland is Joe Woods. And, but Denzel Ward, you lock that up. You, you, you sew him up. He's young. Jonas tells me Jamar, he owns Jamar Chase. 
you know, don't kill the message. That's what Mr. Clark says. I tried, he said he owns Jamar Chase, so Jamar Chase can't get past him. So don't tweet me, Flip210. Don't say Calvin's hating from outside, this and that. I ain't the one that said it. Uh, but that's one of those, you know, that's a good news. And on the other type of that, here we go. Here we go. We got the wide receiver crew that are complaining and whining about money. You you got now you got Debo Samuel. Now Debo's gone on and said he's gotten death threats over publicly saying that he might want a new contract. Um also you have um you have now there's reports out there and and Brown, AJ Brown from Tennessee, he wants a new deal. And and the reason why this is important because these are two guys that are are, are pretty much saying, "Hey, you know what? We we're, we're not going to show up possibly on time." And this is and you like I said you can blame the Las Vegas Raiders for this situation. This was the domino effect that went out in that deep water. Like I always say they do. They have a tendency. I said this in real time a few weeks ago and feel even more now. They have a tendency of always screwing up the market with certain players and overpaying. And I'm saying they overpaid for Devontae Adams, but that's charged. That started all of this. But the truth of the matter is, man, it goes back to my take. These receivers can say what they want, and I get it. You see all this money coming out. You see Tyreek Hill get paid. You see this go down. But the reality of the matter is, is that there's the receivers. One of the best receivers of all time doesn't have a ring, speaking of Randy Moss. He's the only guy, in my opinion, that's in the conversation with with Jerry Rice. And I still think Jerry Rice is the GOAT. I think that's the one position that's really not debatable. You know, even even you got some people that will tell you find reasons why they can't put Tom Brady there. But Jerry Rice and then there's Randy Moss. He doesn't have a ring. These receivers that are demanding and wanting these 22 and 21 and these new contracts, I'm sorry. They, like, it's, it's one of those situations that make or break – a team can, and I'm not going to say replace you because, you know, and, and I've got to start reevaluating this take that I've had for years about the NFL will never become the NBA in regards to certain players being able to say, hey, I want money now. And then you kind of want to say, and there's levels to everything, but then you want to kind of say that you're kind of like holding a team hostage. I don't see it from the receiver position, even though it could make some teams an uncomfortable position, but I think receivers need to know where they stand and really where they're at. Like not everybody, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I doubt it very seriously that the 30 two owners and the NFL and GMs are going to allow the wide receiver position to get where the quarterback position is because it doesn't make or break you from getting a Lombardi. It just doesn't. It's it's not on the level of a quarterback. It's not even on the level of a pass rusher. I mean, those are the two positions that can make or break somebody from winning, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. There's just a lot of chirping going on because now that the players have these platforms and these social media, they really can tell you in real time on how they feel. But when I look up and see Debo, I mean, look, and Debo's used sometimes like a Swiss Army knife with the 49ers. But the reality of it is, and, and not only that, Debo, you know, and I understand A.J. A. Brown is A.J. Brown, but at the end of the day, man, that's Derrick Henry. It's a run first. I don't care what they give A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill is the next guy in line for their fan base to see, can we really compete in this arms race in the AFC with Ryan Tannehill? So A.J. Brown, to me, even though he's a big piece to Tennessee, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense for them trying to break their neck to give AJ Brown all this money because he's threatened to hold out. And then, especially what these guys got to realize, this is a very deep wide receiver class coming in. 
It's been like that really for the last couple of years. I don't know what's in the water, but there's never a long, there's never a, a shortage of trying to find good. And I'm not just saying the first round. There's going to be first round talent of wide receivers in the third round and the fourth round. This is the wrong offseason or the wrong summer to be starting this ruckus from the wide receiver camp. You know, to me, it's kind of getting like, you know, and I usually go to bat for most of the players, especially in the NFL, because a lot of these NFL guys are underpaid. But when I'm hearing a group of guys that are, you know, that are on teams right now, I mean, look for D, look at Debo, for example. We don't even know what Trey is for the future. We don't know yet what they're doing with Garoppolo, which I've, I've dug into more of that. I believe this is a game of chicken standoff because the truth of it is 49ers are still going to have to have money to sign even their draft picks. So this, to me, this Garoppolo thing is all about his shoulder trying to heal as much possible so they can go past a physical or whoever they trade his ass to or whatever they end up doing, you know, but the receivers are really kind of getting on my last nerve a little bit with this. I mean, because, I mean, Debo, Debo's been banged up a little bit, but don't get it wrong. I mean, he's trying to strike while the iron's hot. He can't, He's come off a hell of a playoff run. I mean, they were in the conference championship game. We saw what he did when he went down to Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. But stop all this, because uh, Tyreek is a, is a generational type of freakish talent and speed. And Devontae Adams pretty much been betting on himself the whole time in Green Bay. Those are two separate situations. You're going to see some pushback on this with these receivers, but they're out of the gate and running and uh, asking for their for their just due. Still ain't heard a peep from Cooper Cup, though. He's the one that really should be talking. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind today's show. We are broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Cry, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. All right, for, they'll give you a free estimate as well, too. All you got to do is go to waytogrowlandscape.net. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Also on the docket, we're coming off fight weekend. Didn't get a chance to, to watch it. I know Jonas is going to be in tune uh, into it. 
but the question I have, because I've heard this for years now. So the results that we got this weekend in the Spence fight. Yes. Is this going to finally get this Crawford situation, this fight that everybody wants? Because I know there was a lot of chirping after the fact of it. You know, there was another belt that was won. But what was your thoughts on the fight weekend in general, the fight itself? And what's your what's your answer to my question? Well, it was a good card. Like we okay. already knew it was going to be um, kind of looking into it. Uh, Valenzuela with a first round knockout. Then they had to just kind of kill uh, an hour mm-hmm. between this between the second and third fight on the main card. And then Isaac Cruz came out and, and just really got it done against Gamboa. Uh, really powerful. And it was great to see him uh, see him really in his element he's again the guy i was telling you about went 12 rounds with tank back in december um and and he just (laughs) gamboa should have been his corner should have thrown that in earlier uh than they did but then you get to the spence and ugas fight and 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 it was it was good you know kind of going back and forth early but then it was just spence just again found his own uh and now you've got ugas out for for um an undetermined amount of time right now with the busted orbital. Mm. Uh, but you're going to come around and it's going to be it, Crawford wants this fight. Mm. Spence Jr. wants this fight because now it, it, it's all four belts. Spence has three. Let's get it done. Mm. Should be this fall. What you got, Sam? Yeah, the best part of the fight was the walkout with uh, Spence bringing Big Tuck singing Southside the Realist with half of the crowd, the hometown crowd singing along. It was awesome. <laughs> It's so awesome. <laughs> I got to get the footage of that. That's funny. I was thinking it was going to be someone. No, that fight. So he's like, hey, man, the intro. That's no, Big Tuck me. spitting I'm every you. word on that intro walkout was amazing. Spence wasn't losing after that. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, it's going to take a crawl for a Spence for me to purchase. It's going to take. I mean, Tank. Tank's got a fight coming up. That guy's been talking a lot. I'll probably be purchasing. I'll be watching that one. Uh, but I've been hearing about this Crawford and Spence forever. And you know me, I never subscribed to one guy's running from the other, one guy scared of nothing. Man, this is all about money and business and who's got the leverage and who's getting more of the upfront gate and who's who's the draw. I mean, that's just the way boxing is. I think sometimes boxing fans get spoiled, and that's the image of UFC because there are things like there's a fight every weekend in UFC, and their guys, Dana White, just say, hey, man, that's what you're fighting for. That's what it is. See an octagon, bye. That's just how it goes. And boxing is a little bit different. Guys got a little bit more control of, you know, holding off until they get that number they want. What you got? Well, they definitely do. But right now, like I said before, we are in the moment of week after week boxing. This Hmm. weekend, Tyson Fury versus Dillian White uh, over in London. Then next weekend, we got Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez, which is going to be great. Um, And then uh, May 7th coming up, Canelo Alvarez. Hmm. Okay. Charlo Brothers in May. 1-800-707-976. 1-800-707-976. All right, before we dive into some of these games in the playoffs, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Mike? Okay, man. Um, uh, you probably, uh, judging by what you said on the, uh, the first segment about Kyrie Irving, you probably not going to agree with what I'm about to say. But listen, man, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before we have one of these players go up in the stands again, just like uh, other players have done due to the the comments of some of these fans. Uh, now, like I said, these people, I've told you this before on your show before, You just because you buy a ticket to a basketball game or any other game doesn't give you the right to talk about somebody's mother, family, wife, or anybody else. And uh, the, when Kyrie was walking to the uh, locker room yesterday, somebody said, Kyrie, you suck. 
and Kyrie sit, told the man that you know to do what is you know what. And now Kyrie Irving is made out to be the bad guy. What is Kyrie Irving supposed to do when he's walking to the locker room and somebody makes a comment? He's supposed to just keep on walking. Now this is going to cost this man money out of his pocket. I think it's the fans. They need to start patrolling themselves. And anybody that's caught or seen making these type of comments should be kicked out of the stadium. It should be uh, never allowed to attend the game. Because like I said before, I go to basketball games and I conduct myself in an orderly way. Just because you buy a ticket, 300 400 whatever you pay, does not give you the right to tell Kyrie Irving that he sucks and somebody else sucks and talk about his wife and kids. And if, and if, I, and if that's wrong, then I want to be wrong. And I have no problem with what Kyrie Irving said, and, and I hope he continues to say what he says. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike. Uh, well, both – I mean, I there's parts of your phone call that I agree with. I mean, because we've had this conversation forever. Um uh, you know, I feel that, you know, children, probably children race and uh, I guess wives should be off limits. Saying you suck or overrated, I mean, that's just stuff that, I mean, I mean, come on, Kareem, Oscar Robertson was basically dealing with more worse than that. Um, and I'm not saying there's some bad things they said at Boston. I opened the show to tell you that I told you that a lot of people understand where Boston is, not all. I mean, and Kyrie said in Kyrie's defense, even in the heat of the moment, you know, you're losing a heartbreaker and you got all these emotions enough running that you're going to give it the double birds. He collected himself and just said, hey, I'm not going to talk about all Boston fans. You know, I'm not going to address all, but there's some. I mean, and at the end of the day, the truth of it is, like he said, I'll take it to the page. Not all Boston fans, but there's a good chunk of Boston fans that there's there's racist tendencies and there's a racist culture in Boston and sports. That's just the way it is. It's been it's always been like that. Worse back in the day. I mean, hell, Bill Russell won titles for him, like 11 titles, whatever he went for Boston. They, 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 I mean, they took a human crap in one of his beds that he stayed in, that he broke into back then. And that, that's, that's one of their guys. So, I mean, that you think that's, oh, that's so long ago. Well, yeah, not really. But at the end of the day, that's that. Now, the part that I'm going to have some pushback on Mike a little bit is the fact that, look, when you say it's just a matter of time before somebody runs and stands, let me tell you something. Wasn't a big fan of him. Rest his soul. Don't like to really talk down on the dead. But David Stern, David Stern made sure there was a big deterrent from everybody ever doing that since the Mouse of Palace. Let me tell you something. Ron Artest and Steven Jackson wake up at nights in cold sweats over the amount of money that they lost for that decision. We're talking about, I mean, and especially when you're done playing. I mean, that, those were record amount of numbers of millions. That, that wasn't just no fine that Kyrie's going to get some. Kyrie probably going to get about 100000 to 255000 maybe somewhere around there. I don't know what the CBA would allow them to do or, or you know, Adam Silver to do. But it's going to be peanuts compared to what Ron Artest and what Steven Jackson got. And that footage has been played over and over. So trust me, I'm not going to say it's never going to happen. But there's a reason why Westbrook hasn't done it yet. And he's been probably heckled more than anybody else, even before he got in a horrible season he's had with L.A. There's a reason why you had. There's a reason when Carmelo went through this this early this season. There's a reason why he. There's a reason why you haven't seen it again yet. So I'm going to push back when you say, "Well, that's just a matter of time." Maybe it will. But that what those guys lost at that time, it is now. When you say, "Well, you know, what is Kyrie supposed to do when you walk into the tunnel and says, you know, he says he sucks." Uh, probably about like what other thousand people that would would do that didn't even have the talents of Kyrie or the bankroll, the tax bracket he's in, and just go in into the shower, keep walking, and do your media duties and do that. I mean, but it, but if again, whatever, I'm not there on the court, I'm not there on the bench, so I don't know how personal it got with what was said to Kyrie. He did what he did. Kyrie knew he was going to get fined. You know, um, 
I've heard some people stick up for him. I've heard some ex-players, I mean, Shaq, tell them, hey, you know, grow up. You know, um, it's a lot worse. Charles Barkley, the guy that was heckled everywhere. I mean, and, and sometimes some of these guys, they feed into it. They like being the villain. They bring it on themselves. I mean, the next one in line is Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Young. I mean, go look at, I mean, this, because let me tell you something. The Atlanta series and that, that particular series with Atlanta and the Heat, that's going to get physical. That There's going to be, it already, I already saw it starting game one. Trey is the one guy. I think he's the only guy in the league right now that really can comfortably play the villain role and still perform. You know, LeBron tried that when he first went with the Heat, and it didn't work because he he's not that type that can really be like, yeah, LeBron gets it coming in, but there's certain guys that thrive on that. Trey's one of those dudes, but I will tell you this. I mean, first of all, Miami put on a defensive clinic against the, against the Hawks in game one. I mean, there's a reason why Trey – Shot the way that he did. They put on, and again, you know, in Atlanta's defense, they played three games, like in the last five days, two or three games, so made a little, you know, heavy in the leg. But that was, and I've told you all year, I hadn't just been sold on Miami, but if they play defense like that, yeah, they're going to be a problem. But I'm just telling you, Trey's another one of those that are going to get certain things said to him. It's just a thin line that it doesn't cross over to race. If it doesn't cross over to kids and wife, if somebody telling you suck or somebody's telling you this and this or you're trash, you just have to do it. Now, I don't think that they, I think it was, and I'm smart enough to know that I believe it was more said than Kyrie than just you suck. Okay, or you're trash to get him to react like this. Now, I'm not trying to get on these airways and try to sell you that Kyrie's overreacted. I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, we'll see. He was giving it to him. I mean, he had 39, you know. I mean, it sets up. But the only thing I said, Mike, in the other way, that, you know what, come Wednesday, because I think that's when game two is on Wednesday, it's going to be it's going to be up a notch. It's going to be up a notch the rest of the series. But that's just Boston fan. The only time I tell Boston fan, like with Kyrie, like, come on, man. It's not like you won a title with y'all. Like, that was a few years ago. I get it. But they feed into the stuff because people across the country, like myself and everybody, will talk about them and they have a, represent- a reputation. And those guy, those people in that garden, and even back in the day in ball, and the they feel like they have, especially in the bat- NBA, they feel like they have an effect on the game. They feel like, hey, I'm, if I can get Kyrie rattled, that's closer for us hanging up number 18 in the Raptors or whatever Hollywood many brings that it, the Boston has. That's just the way it is. But it's a thin line, but I just feel that. And I'm not the one to say, oh, well, the guys make all that much money. Just go and put up with it. You know, I, I don't I don't never really subscribe to that. But I do feel like there's worse. The people before you had to put up with worse. And some of the stuff, you just can't group it all together. Like if it's not really a personal attack against the white kid or the race, you can't just get that sensitive you know, in regards to when it comes down, because this has been going on booing and all this heckling has been going on. And then the other part of this that contributes to this, and I hate always going back to this card, but it's truth. These guys make themselves more accessible and accessible on, on, on social media. And some of these guys will respond. Some of them won't. So it gives those fans even feel more connected to the player that they feel like, hey, man, I told you I posted this on your page the other day. I'm going to tell you right I just paid $2,000 a ticket to tell you straight up in your face when you come in. And some people live for that. Some people, like Mike said, can go to a sporting event, no matter whether you're in Boston, whether you're in New York, San Antonio, and act a, in, you know, act accordingly and act like a grown-up. I mean, but that's just, a, a, that's, just a, that's just where the society is, man. That's just who we are as a society right now. What you got? So the, so the game is on Wednesday. Boston is favored uh, at minus three and a half on that line. But... One of the things that I have with players is the lack of loyalty, again, for the players. It's a business for them. 
not for the fans. The fans, you, you live where you live. You're a fan of the team. You're a fan of the team of. Um, but for the, t- the players, it's a business. And so they come in, and the, he, he forced his way out of Cleveland, went to Boston. Boston was, was just there on Eastern Conference Finals runs and, and made, trying to make deep runs when they had Isaiah Thomas. You bring in this hype, and then you force your way back out of another town. I mean, it, it, there's, a, there's a point where, I mean, you, you, you can feel butthurt as a player, too, about you know being told you suck. And, and I'm not talking about the racial stuff and all that, I'm, but I'm talking about just generally dealing with fans. But it's another. What, there's a there's an ownership of your part in this player to fan interaction as to where emotions rise as well because you come in and you, you force your way out of a city, and then you have to a, a city that that it buys your jerseys, buys the tickets to come see you, and then because it's just a business to you when you're chasing championships, not trying to win a championship for a specific team or whatever like that, you force your way out. It, it, it's. That still doesn't give, them, but, but it still doesn't give them the right to get personal. I mean, at the end of the day, and not only that, like it comes to a point, like if, if, if you know, if this was a year removed from Kyrie Irving leaving Boston and they're playing each other for the team that he left or whatever would say, I mean, I would sit there and say, okay, it's been years. So my thing is that's part of Boston though, that's living up to that, that reputation they have. I mean, th- these are sports towns that understand that from the south of Texas to the west coast, people know what what you what's on store for you when you come in here. They thrive on that. Their media people thrive to basically feed into that. We just don't know what that's about down here because that's just not who we are. And most times, but I don't think just because you because their loyalty factor, you say, or you left us, you were supposed because it's a business. Because in other walks of life and business, sometimes you make changing decisions that you're leaving one company to the other. That doesn't mean like you just every time somebody says, "Oh, you left me," there's more work I got to do. You suck. I got to cover your shift or two. You suck. No man, and it has nothing to do with the money they make. I'm just saying, booing has been part of time. You know, I mean, it started in times where even in the ancient Rome, I mean, Rome, behead him. Should we behead him? Behead him. Yeah. Come on, man. You go all the way back there. Booing's been there. We're talking about people that are just showing up based off the fact that like, yo, man, I might get kicked out tonight or I might get arrested. They're not going really to cheer their fan or they feel like, hey, you know what? If I can cause Kyrie for five minutes to go for a two for eight stretch, I'm in his head because I'm third row and he's looking at me and I'm telling him like, airball, you suck. Or That's just the way it is. Because for every one Kyrie, there's other guys that you they're tone deaf to that. So is plexiglass a solution like in hockey? Yeah, push, okay. Push him back away from the, what the uh, hell push are you him away from the baseline. No, put something up between no. because no. You, you can't you can't stop fans from and you can remove no. the fan, but you can't go back and remove the interaction. No. And then we got to talk about the numbers. We're really going to put plexiglass to base when we're talking about maybe three percent of jackasses out of the thing that show up at eighteen twenty thousand. That wants to get personal it for the masses, man. No, man, no. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. You listen to the sports grind broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.